Welcome to the second episode of the Radiant Black podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be focusing on issue three of Radiant Black, titled Writing Day. How are you doing today, Matt? Pretty good. Writing day for Nathan, talking day for us. It's always a talking day for me, but uh, it's always a good talking day when we're talking Radiant Black, this series that has massive potential, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Last episode, we talked about issue one and two, how in some ways it shares from conventional superhero origins, superhero issues, and then it deviates by, you know, making it its own. And I feel like this issue is the first one where we see Higgins really taking a risk here. You know, he's talking about something that we don't really see comic books tackle as much, you know, writer's block. It's a pretty important topic, especially if you're a writer. Yeah, or anyone with the creative process and you just want to look at the right, right way to tackle something. You've got the passion, you've got the drive, but you just, you don't have, you, you know, there's something in your way and you need to figure out a way to overcome that. And that's a lot of what this issue focuses on. And it's it's an interesting take and not something you ever see in superhero stories, really. No, and I could understand, you know, uh, Kyle's approach to this. Like, I understand why he felt a little bit shaky because, uh, you know, watching a few interviews, like the interview uh, done by the cover, the definitive interview done by Cover Price, which was fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, he talks a lot about how this was the riskiest issue yet. And I really feel that, you know, going into this issue, it's, it is risky because you don't see a lot, like we said earlier, we don't see a lot of writers tackling this kind of theme in a comic book. And we don't even see him do it this realistically or this effectively, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's super meta. It's like Conception, where you have to write a prose as a character that you created. So you're writing from a perspective that you created, which is a really cool thing to do, and it's got to be complicated. And I think that that Kyle Higgins pulled it off pretty well on this issue. I really liked it, especially in the second read. Oh, yeah. I I read this... You know, one time and I read it again today just to prep myself for for the, the episode. And I, I really enjoyed it more the second time. I really got into the, you know, the significant moments that happen in this issue. And there's there's a few. And I really, I just feel like I like the direction Higgins is going in. I, it's fresh. It's something I haven't seen before. And one thing I heard in the same interview we're talking about, cover, done by Cover Price with Kyle Higgins, is that he talks about how... And he, he's brought this up uh, during his episode on the Invincible podcast. Check that out if you haven't seen it. But he, he talks about how this issue essentially, or sorry, this series essentially, it's it has a lot of him in it, but it's not necessarily about him. And I really felt that in this issue. Yeah, Randall Lobb did like a killer interview. He just pulled so much knowledge out of uh, Kyle Higgins. He was like a magician just pulling all that out of the hat. It was really, really insightful. And, you know, learning about the comic, it's great. And learning about the uh, the author at the same time, you really see a lot of him in there. You can see his passion as a writer and stuff like that. It, we got a lot of, we heard a lot, and we heard Kyle Higgins is so honest. He's so blunt. He said, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I haven't done shit. When <laughs> To a lot of people that love his Power Rangers run, yeah, he's done shit. And even two or three issues of of uh, Radiant Black, he's definitely done some really good stuff. So I'm really excited to follow the journey of not just Radiant Black and Nathan and Marshall to a lesser extent, but also Kyle Higgins as he, you know, gets to fulfill his dream in this creator-owned property. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I've been reading some of Higgins' work for a while now, and I know a lot of people are going to be upset with me. I know a lot of the followers of this podcast are fans of Power Rangers, and I know they've read his run. Personally, I haven't, and I will check it out, I promise. But one thing I have read is his Nightwing run, and I'm a I'm a big fan of Dick Grayson. He's one of my you know, top three DC characters. I've been following him for a long time. I've been reading Nightwing for so many years now, and I I I've been rereading Kyle Higgins' Nightwing run. And I just I love it. Like it's, you know, it's it's not perfect for sure, but it's fantastic. It really is. I I I don't know why he does the first five or six issues and then takes a break and then comes back in later on. But uh, I gotta say, I really enjoy it. And one thing I think 
was a good addition to the series that a lot of people might not like, but I personally appreciated was the first person narration. I feel like Higgins is really good at that, at like self-analysis, at introspection. And then at like, you know, it's a good way to get a get a, get an idea of the character's personality of their past their present and that's one thing i think he did very effectively with nightwing and i think we're seeing that you know done here again with nathan burnett and rain in black yeah definitely and uh, one thing we're both uh, you know power rangers casuals at best but one thing i did notice was you know the story big time you see elizabeth beckett but she's robbing a bank and that of course makes you think of the actress elizabeth banks and she played rita repulsa in the power <laughs> rangers movie so I don't know if that's by mistake, but I, you know, it, it probably is just a coincidence with the way my mind works. But, you know, it, it could have been a Power Rangers reference for all we know. If anyone would do it, it would be Kyle Higgins. So uh, it remains to be seen. Oh, yeah. And there is a very nice Power Rangers reference in this issue, which we'll get to later on, which I really More appreciated. More obvious one. That's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> reference for sure. It's a very, very honest, very funny reference. And we appreciate it, Kyle. We enjoyed it. But uh, let's get into the issue right now. So the book opens up and we get a glimpse of, you know, snowy day in Lockport, Illinois. You know, we see Mr. Burnett waking up. He's yawning and he encounters Nathan in the kitchen, uh, unaware of the fact that he's awake. Yeah, I'm liking the dynamics. It's not it's not overdone. Like they're really only in like, you know, maybe two or three panels an issue, uh, two or three pages an issue, uh, Nathan and his dad. And it's like a good relationship. He's not the traditional dad of like, oh, why are you doing this? Like he's stern and stuff like that. He just wants his son to succeed. It's like a mentor. It's like having like an AA sponsor almost to make sure you don't fall off the wagon of not writing, which is something that I, you know, I'm off the wagon getting trampled by horses myself. So I know I know it's a it's a thing you definitely want to, you know, be aware of. For sure. And, you know, last issue, we we looked at the fact that his dad is very much on top of him being on top of his work. You know, he wants to make sure his son is doing something, making himself useful in some way, you know, not just sitting at home. And I can appreciate that. I mean, it's one thing to have your kid come back home to you, you know, in a, in a difficult financial position. But uh, it's very encouraging to see that Mr. Burnett wants his child to succeed, even if it means, you know, following his dream and pursuing his profession. Yeah, and reading this, like, this is just issue three, and I feel like I know Nathan. Like, the way that he's characterized and, and the kind of guy that he is, you really feel it. You know, with him giving up the money, you know that he's a good guy. But just him as a writer and his struggle and the way that he's doubting himself and he's worried that he wrote a CBS procedural, like, we've all been there. I love it. it it's great. Really, he's a really well-fleshed-out character and just you know, what, like 90 pages. No, that's something we talked about off-panel earlier. We were talking about how... Uh, off panel off the podcast that's how much we have comics on the brain but yeah <laughs> yeah my bad no, good good catch yeah it's something we talked about off podcast was basically how in comparison to invincible and I'm, I'm not making this comparison to say that this is how it should be i'm just comparing it to something it's relatively similar to but when we were looking at invincible the first few issues introduced a lot of characters we got the guardians of the globe we got nolan we got debbie we got mark we got william we got eve we got the mauler twins we got the teen team we got so many characters in invincible but one thing I personally really like and appreciate is that in Radiant Black, we've only gotten the handful of characters that we've seen for the first three issues. I don't. I think beyond that, we haven't really gotten any new characters. And that's good because, uh, you know, while, of course, that has us on the edge of our seat waiting for more, waiting for new characters to get excited about, it also gives us a lot, it gives Higgins and Costa a lot of time to flesh out these characters, you know, to, to develop them more. And I think they've been, they've been doing that in a fantastic way these last few issues. And I think it's on purpose. Like, issue four, Higgins, it's no secret, he's been teasing it as the big issue, like, to bring up events again he said like what if the twist of issue 10 was brought up to issue 4 so I feel like the universe is going to get a whole lot bigger in these next few issues so I think that he did it on purpose and it's going to be nice to know this world going to be even more dramatic when uh, everything changes 
Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I you know I, I've watched quite a few Higgins interviews. You know, trying to prep for these podcasts, trying to get in as much information as I can, learn more about the series. And one thing I gotta say is this man is very serious about issue four. And you know, one thing I got I, I want to add to that is that he's not just excited for the issue. I, I mean, sorry, he's not just you know telling people to get the issue for the for the big you know battle or whatever's gonna happen because I, I don't know, but he says it's gonna be big. But like like you know like Matt said, he is he does compare it to that issue ten reveal of Invincible, you know and. And I just every time he brings up issue four, I could see the excitement in his face. I could see he's just like a, he's just so like psyched to show his friends something awesome that he's been working on. And I'm, I just can't wait. I, I've watched that interview, that interview by Cover Price countless times. And every time he brings up issue four, I'm just giddy. Yeah, I'm it's my most anticipated issue. And we've got issues with, you know, Rick Rimes and Negan fighting with lightsabers coming up. And this is has me more hype. So there's a lot to be excited about in the comics realm these days. And Rain Black is at the top for me as far as what's going to happen next. I think it's going to be a fantastic series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And beyond that, we have just three wonderful variants. Um, I believe we got a cover A by Eduardo Ferrigato and Marcelo Costa. Beautiful cover. Definitely getting down. I'm honestly getting all the covers because I think they're fantastic. Of course. I mean, the covers for this series have been like top notch. I can't think of another comic series right now that has had more consistent covers that I want to get. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's like it's not always the same cover artist. We've got like a group of three or four or five cover artists each doing covers for different issues and they're all just amazing we got you know the cover a we just talked about we got cover b by justin mason at justin mason art on instagram check him out and we got my favorite of the bunch for number four cover c the incentive 125 variant by uh, duali and i think that cover is incredible i just saw you know you, you tagged me in the post i saw on twitter we saw diwali post the picture of the comps he received and i'm just pumped they look even better in the actual like the, the, the physical book it looks even better than it does in the digital uh you know the, the outline they put on the website so i can't wait to grab that one i'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people looking for that one so be on the lookout guys yeah and even the ones that aren't just about imagery necessarily or as much by the looks of it just like the the one that's kind of blank and looks like a word document and it just says like the pop a window like are you really sure you want to attempt to write this novel do you really think you can do it like that's a powerful <laughs> phrase and it's it plays on you know a design we've all seen anybody even if especially if you're not a writer and you have to write a paper for you know university or school and it's a challenge it's like do you even want to do this like it, it's just a, it's more of an idea than it is an image you know it's it's just these covers are great Oh, yeah, I, I got that cover just because it, it just it's so well made and it's pretty clever. So I was like, hell yeah, I, I think I've gotten every single cover on this series so far. Or die trying. You're looking for oh, the yeah. second prints, but no. Oh, I, my God. I've been looking <laughs> for those Radiant Black number one and number two third print 110s. Print, yeah. Oh, my God. Those are such a pain in the ass to find. I've been looking everywhere and I still can't find them. So <laughs> for those of you who found them, congratulations. They're awesome. Yeah, for sure. And anyways, like beyond the cover, we see, you know, Nathan second guessing his writing and stuff like that. And uh, he, I like his mom popping in and saying, you know, he, I, I love it how, you know, his mom says like, oh, wait, I've read this one from that website. Creaky Alibi He's like shaky Alibi. Like, I love I love the mom. Like, <laughs> it's like super supportive, but like might not remember the name of like a website. But you know that she she's been supporting his work, reading this story that we know is four years old. She went back and read it when it was originally published. So it's it's a nice little moment there, even though she's not in the issue for long. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to say earlier, those third print 110s are done by Geraldo Borges. He's a fantastic artist. He actually recently just followed the podcast. So thank you, sir. I re highly recommend checking his uh, Instagram at Geraldo Borges Art. Those covers are fantastic. I cannot wait to pick them up myself. 
And um, on the subject of on, of Mrs. Barnett, I agree with you. I just can't help but think it's such a wholesome interaction that it feels so real. It feels so honest. There isn't like a forced moment, but it comes out very naturally. So all those interactions between him and his mother, I just love them. I, one thing I was worried about when they were introducing his parents was that, you know, maybe they would hamper his progress as a superhero, as mm-hmm. parents tend to do. But uh, no, the interactions between the Burnettes have been fantastic. There's some amazing chemistry there. It's the kind of thing where if they did ever make a TV show or a, a movie adaptation, I'd be so pumped to see who the, who they cast because you know I just I've grown to love these roles even just in three issues. Yeah, for Nathan, uh, Andrew Garfield came to mind. I don't know why, but uh, I don't know if that would happen. It's the either. hair. It's the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. But yeah, that that Randall Loeb issue. One thing that they mentioned that really showed to me is that he was he was he did an amazing interview. I said it before, and it's worth mentioning again because he nailed it. Where he's talking about how it's almost like it's shot like a movie and the art you almost like don't even notice that it's like something that's drawn like it's just this is the story like it's so well rendered that it's like you don't even you're not even looking for like line work or whatever it's just like this is a moving it's like watching a motion picture it's like watching watching it happen it's true the artwork on this on this uh, series has been fantastic i can't praise marcelo costa enough and one thing i gotta say that makes me like higgins even more is that every time he's you know he's in an interview or something he brings up marcelo costa and he's he often brings him up in the most positive light he always you know showers him with praise you could tell that it's a real treat for him to be able to work with costa and i really appreciate that it's always nice to see a creator you know, I appreciate the, 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 his fellow creator and loving and, you know, that, that camaraderie. I'm a big fan of it and I can't wait to see more issues from that. Yeah, definitely. I, I second that for sure. It's it's really interesting to hear about the relationship between the artist and the the writer where, you know, when when it works best, like the stuff that it makes it even it just gets that extra little like pinch of magic that makes it something like this. Let's dive into the issue. We already talked about the first page. We'll end it with what happens. Nathan just straight up lets Mr. Burnett know today's writing day. And we just dive straight into Big Time by Nathan Burnett. Yeah, and it's a story about a bank robbery with uh, with Elizabeth. He's got a, he, it's. I like how he's writing from his experiences, right? Like, he just experienced this money stolen from the bank, right? It was 300K, now it's 100K, but that's in his mind now. I mean, well, granted, he wrote this story four years ago, so I guess uh, scratch what I just said. But, I mean, this would give him more insight on it if he's writing from the perspective of what he's, see, what he's seen in costume, maybe. I don't know. Could make the argument that uh, there's some sort of implicit motivation or implicit you know inspiration that helped him by or through his encounter with radiant red last issue maybe he doesn't know it but it's there you know what i mean i mean kyle higgins himself said in an interview of like we are our experiences and that's a that's a strong quote you know like i i don't know if he came up with it or not but it's true whether you know good or bad we are our experiences so i bring this up later in the issue but uh, nathan's writing i could definitely see it improving throughout the book as he experiences more stuff, even intergalactic stuff, kind of like Nolan writing his books in Invincible, where, where, you know, I don't know if he'd be a good writer back on, you know, Viltrum, but as a person who's traveled through space, you'd be able to write some amazing sci-fi novels. So who knows, Nathan could maybe switch genres based on his potential travels. And, you know, as we, as we talk about, the, the whole short story really is about a bank robber named Elizabeth Beckett. We're not going to dive too much into it because, you know, if you read the issue, you know, right? They were, I feel like talking about it would take away from the the content of the issue so moving on uh basically he rereads the short story that he came up with four years ago and he's trying to figure out ways to develop the story into something more than just a short story 
Yeah, and I noticed there's been a lot of there's a lot of adjectives in the story, and then later when we see Nathan, like he calls out, he's like he's like what an absolute what an absolute utter asshole, right? Like he throws in the <laughs> adjectives, so it just shows like that's just mirroring what he's written. It's like this is the mindset of this guy where he likes his adjectives and his descriptors. Yeah, and uh, just a a side note, ladies and gentlemen, this is a uh, an explicit uh, podcast, which means we will be swearing from time to time. If they drop f bombs in Nathan's book, there, I think you know, <laughs> it's it's fair game, right? We we go with the material. Yeah, so, we're not gonna uh, be we're not gonna go like ridiculous with it, but you know, if it comes, yeah. if the time comes, if the time comes, the time comes. Yeah, like with the radiant it, black helmet, it's great power, you know, but we're, we're gonna use it wisely. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And <laughs> uh, I, like one thing I gotta say, like, I'm I'm not a writer. I've tried you know writing a few things here and then, but never like seriously. But I'm sure writers out there could relate to this moment. But that first page, just watching Nathan try to determine what this text is, what he wants it to be, it felt very honest, very realistic, almost a bit too realistic. It hits close to home. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, I'm always looking at my writing ability when I'm reading, especially these sections of Nathan. And <laughs> the interview <laughs> that we talked about earlier made me self-conscious about my interviewing skills as well. So it's fully meta. It's like the pod, they're both making me feel, you know, different uh, things. So it's, it's a good interview when I'm thinking that much about uh, myself, I guess, as always. But no, uh, I, I just uh, really thought that was a super meta thing. Yeah, and the dialogue is so effective. There is like these inner dialogue bu bubbles. And you know, to give you guys an example, and I'm pretty sure if you've read the issue, you know, but I'll give you everyone an example is I can see Elizabeth. The backstory with the banks is cool, but I still don't know what this is or even what it wants to be. And I thought that was a very, very good line. Yeah, like you might, if you're going to find an idea, you have to find like a good angle. Like if you're taking a photo, you got to find, you might find something totally different if you can line up a shot the right way. And that's kind of what's going through Nathan's head right now. Yeah, and the next line he says, the short gets by on style, but it's just a moment in time, a snapshot. It's not really be, it's not really built to be anything longer. And I thought that was a very interesting line because we could see that the approach here is much more, let's say, hands-on. Like you could tell this is a writer doing his craft. And I'm pretty sure Higgins incorporates some of his own struggles, like you know, we discussed prior into this, because we can see that he's talking about the very mechanics of writing at this point. So this isn't something that you've grappled with unless you've tried to hold, like, to actually write something before. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed is like his thought bubbles are like highlighted with they're radiating with like a blue light. So it's like, is the suit like is the the radiant or whatever we're calling the black hole? It, we know that it's it's given him like weird dreams and ideas, but like, is that influencing? Like, is he melded with the with with it? So his thoughts. Are like even when he's just thinking about writing, are they you know connected with the uh, radiant black suit at all times? No, that's a very good point, and one we'll expand on in a bit because I do think there's something there. I think you're onto something. Uh, but yeah, you know, we just see a typical uh, written to a writer just trying to typically do his thing, trying to f create something out of nothing or make something even better out of something small or simple, and. You know, he, he's second guessing himself. We see him type a few things into the document and he goes, hey, never mind. And he erases them. And then he's interrupted by Mrs. Burnett. And this is where we see that, like, you know, Nathan, being a writer, he can't really get his mojo on with his mom peering over the back of his shoulders. You know, he needs to be in full focus. And that's something I really appreciate, something that's very realistic. You know, personally, me, I'm, I'm a student. I'm a grad student. And I find that I can't really focus when there's background noise. Like there, you know, the, the odd noise or whatever, that's fine. But 
it's my cat moving or whatever, that's fine. But if I'm like listening to construction right out of my house or someone's peering over my shoulders, I start to feel self-conscious about my writing as if I'm going to write something wrong or they might see it and laugh. And I feel like that's kind of how Nathan feels in this situation. He has this almost like shocked expression on his face and he's just like, I'm out of here. Well, you look at like Clark Kent writing for the Daily Planet back in the day, like he would probably hear stuff from everywhere. Like the Man of Steel movies really make you think of this where, you know, you would be hearing with his exceptional hearing, you'd be hearing everything around there. So it'd be hard to have uh you know hard to keep your your thoughts straight but now it's almost like that for us when there's like phones there is the internet you know notifications from you know multiple social media networks it's hard to turn that off and a lot of times it can be hard to focus i'm the kind of guy that would have to set an alarm for myself to make sure okay half an hour is done okay my break is done now now's the time to get down to business totally agree and i think one thing that 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 gives you an insight like into more of Nathan's personality because it shows you that this isn't just someone who's passionate about writing, but this is someone who's relatively disciplined. Like he's like a lot of people tell themselves that they're going to have a timer and then they extend it. You know, I'm, a, I'm guilty of that. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fantastic procrastinator. I'm really like talented at it. But uh, yeah, yeah. So timers, sometimes I, you know, I squeeze in a little more, but uh, we see with Nathan that he's not doing that. Now the timer goes out and he's back to work. But one thing I want to point out before that is that right before his timer you know, goes off. <laughs> he's looking at this, uh, you know, this website and it's, show, it's a, sorry, he's looking at this YouTube video, I'm assuming, or this video. And on the video, there's a cat and it's like saying, I'm not a cat. Uh, I don't know if you've, if uh, like, I've seen the video. Yeah. This. yeah <laughs> this is a fantastic video. It's super funny. If y'all haven't seen this, please look it up. It's so funny. It's worth seeing. And I love, I love that there's these little, you know, moments or, you know, cultural moments or whether the internet moments that, Higgins often refers to in these uh, in these comics. We've seen in issue one and issue two how whenever they go to the the, the, the movie store, they see that they're these posters, but the movies aren't like you know you'll recognize the movie posters if you've seen them, like Memento for example. But he'll change the name to Rememories. So I always like these little in-universe uh, homage. Yeah, and one thing I noticed too is just further below on that page is like you see the word layout and they show the font size like 11. This guy's got integrity because me, I'm going for font size 12. That's how I pa- I wouldn't be able to finish papers <laughs> if it wasn't for the 12, 12 size font. So you see, he's really an honest guy that's just trying to write something good. Doesn't matter how much is on the page. Yeah, no, and uh, I, I just love, I, I just feel like whenever you see things like that, like, okay, you, you look at the cover that you brought up earlier, cover 3B, number 3B, the, the one where it's the document with his name, and immediately you can identify with that because, like you said, even if you're not a writer, even if you're someone who's just tried to write an essay, you realize that, that platform, it's a MacBook, you know, it's, it's, it's a mm-hmm. Word document, you realize it. And here, I just, I feel the same way. You look at the page and it's literally a Microsoft Word document. You could see the platform, you could see the, the UI, the, you know, everything's mm-hmm. there. And it just feels instantly recognizable. It feels instantly relatable, you know? Yeah, and then they emphasize the uh, the cursor or whatever, you know, and it, you don't even have to show a flashing. It's just you've seen it before. You know what's flashing. And it, you zoom, zoom in on it. It's getting bigger and more prominent. I haven't written anything. I've done nothing. I'm wasting my time. Or, you know, maybe I don't have it. Self-doubt. Any thought that you can imagine could be going through his head. Fill in the blank. Yeah, that's why I feel like this issue is so effective. We move on to the next page, and here is where th- here's where things start to get really interesting and really strange. So we see that Nathan's trying his darndest. You know, he's he keeps on trekking. He's he's grinding. He's trying to you know tap 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 something you know wonderful into existence. But suddenly we get a flash in a different panel, and we see this being, and there's some text, and what the hell's going on here? Well, it's similar to what we saw in, uh, I think it was issue two when, you know, we had the flash and I asked you, I was like, is this like a dream or is this like, the, is it, did he actually see this? And I'm guessing Nathan might have actually seen this, right? Because if they're showing, 
you know, in between the images. And then we see in the next page, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is the next page where he says it says radiant. Right. So Nathan can definitely see this. Yeah. And it's it's strange that it's like it's almost like the being is inspiring him in some way because you look and it's like, OK, Elizabeth Beckett hated her job. She hated the people her bank dealt with. So she started robbing them. And then he says, but that's not the book you want to write. Which you, you know, and he's talking about you hated this. You realize yeah. you can never get back to that. What does it even look like? And then suddenly the being appears again and there's the text. And suddenly there's words added to the sentence. Her life got rocky, but now she was free. So I wonder, is this inspiring him? Is this in some way controlling him? Or like, what, what, what's going on here? Is the black hole his muse? And also the way that <laughs> they have those characters there that are hard to describe. They're kind of like dashes, like, you know, lines with, you know, I guess they're not that hard to describe. But uh, it's looked, it's the same, and then it's the same font, bigger and bigger, and this is radiant. So is that radiant li- written in this language? That's a very good point. And, you know, it doesn't seem like he knows what the hell's going on either, because he keeps on going to work, he keeps on trying, and it seems like the more frustrated he gets, the more <laughs> the more something's coming together. But yeah. uh, he doesn't like it. He thinks it's trash. Yeah, and he, the dialogue. I mean, that's how we talk. We say stuff like that all the time. Like, no, it's trash. Like, you know, you know, it, it, it's you know, Higgins is spot on with the way these characters are written. And uh, interesting, like in the interview that we, we mentioned before, Nathan um, Higgins talked about how he's scared to write prose and stuff like that. And so, you know, he, he, you can really see him in Nathan how he's challenges himself to write prose. And I really liked what he wrote when he wrote prose. So it's it's great that he pulled this off and managed to weave it into the comic style. I know I definitely agree. And you know, it's on the subject of Radiant, we're getting some really weird panel here. You know, it's like, so what exactly did that mean? She couldn't wait to find out. But then we see Radiant again, and this time with full on caps lock saying Radiant. And then suddenly we get a little thought bubble and it says, throw it out, shred it, burn it all. This is the opposite of Radiant. What are we thinking here? Is this Radiant talking to him? Is this the black hole or is this the the being talking to him, communicating through him? What's going on here? It could be like a symbiote dynamic where, you know, they'll eventually be able to communicate with each other. And if they work together, who knows? It could be, you know, like a tech jacket with a little bit more bells and whistles. It's really cool what's uh, the potential for this this power i mean we'll talk about it more later but i mean gravity is a pretty powerful force and there's a lot that it implies when you've got a power over gravity and black holes have always been a mystery so really the sky's the limit it, you know we there's seven secrets is out there this could really be you know the eighth secret there could be some really cool stuff that can be done with this suit <laughs> definitely and you know the thing is we're, we're looking at radiant black and i don't know if anyone's noticed but there is a second oh, sorry i mean i'm sure people have noticed but for the second printing to issue number one it has a different cover than the first print. And on the cover, a big robotic looking being. Could this be the being that is trying to communicate with Nathan? Because I think it looks very similar to the being on this panel. I mean, I think mech suits are probably in our future if he's a Power Rangers fan. And like, I'm down for any kind of kaiju inclusion in this. So, you know, if there are, I think that's a that's a good point about the, you know, they could be almost like uh, celestials or something like that or akin to celestials. So, I, I mean, the sky's the limit and I'm really interested to see where it goes. Who knows? Maybe there's a, you know, a force of these radiant, uh, you know, radiant beings that have teamed up. And also, I want to know the concept of like, I assume that if it can connect with humans, the this black hole, there's probably alien species out there that have, you know, bonded with this. No, definitely. And that probably gives us a hint to what's going on with Radiant Red, you know? Like, could we get a situation where, like, yeah, there's this is like a coalition, 
hint, hint. <laughs> or a, you know, a Green Lantern Oa kind of thing where, you know, they give powers to certain people to, you know, be in charge of certain sectors. Who knows? We'll find out. But on the next page, we get uh, one of our favorite moments. We both really enjoy this moment. And uh, basically, you're zoomed into the page of a sketchbook where there's a lot of logo designs, you know, names. And we see that it's Marshall trying to come up with, you know, a name for Radiant Black, a design. One of my favorite moments on this page was you could clearly see on the bottom, it says Mighty Morphin, and then it scratched out and says Lawsuit. I just love that moment. You know, for obvious reasons, we discussed this earlier, but this is a fantastic moment, and we really appreciate it, Kyle. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice reference. I'm, I'm digging it. And uh, even though the other logos, like the Vanguard logo in like the comic font in darkness, like he's like a metal band <laughs> or something, like it, it's just really cool. And he's like drawing the suit, I guess, on the paper there, Marshall, to get inspiration for what they could call it. And... You know, the, these guys are a great duo where it's to skip ahead to the bottom of the page where, well, not the bottom of the page, but later on in the dialogue where um, they're talking about Nathan has the word radiant in his head. And then, you know, uh, Marshall's like, oh, yeah, he's talking about like, oh, what, what how about radiant black? And he's like, oh, that's it's always like cool and sexy. Like it, it, it's these two teaming together. So it's like just he gives him the idea and the inspiration comes so easily to add black to it. It's, it's kind of like writer's block. How you just need that little push and to get the dominoes rolling. We cut to like right after that. We see just Marshall, you know, dealing with more annoying customers, people who he feels like are clueless about movies or have shitty taste. You know, he, you know, he just tells the guy that his choice is awful when he's trying to pick between Sophie's choice or ordinary people. And we see Nathan show up and he's just like, you know, I'm pretty sure your job is to actually help people find the movie they like. Marshall just gives him some attitude saying, you know, you can't account for taste and I'm busy. So. <laughs> yeah that's quite a that's quite a stance on that but uh it's not the customer's he, always right it's marshall's always right and get effed if you don't, if you don't oh yeah 100 yeah <laughs> marshall's right let's get out and uh you know he's he just lets nathan know that he's trying to come up with a good superhero name for him and yeah we have the conversation where you know nathan lets him know that he's He's into the idea of Radiant, just Radiant something. And Marshall, just on the spot, comes up with Radiant Black. And we get, sorry, one of my favorite lines in the issue where Nathan's just like, you know, I don't know about that. That's not like any like Batman or anything. And then Marshall tells him, dude, Batman wasn't Batman. A name is just an empty vessel. It's nothing until you fill it with associations. I thought that was a brilliant line by uh, Higgins. I, yeah, I really love that too. That's one of my favorite things said in the comics so far. It's like Tenet. It's just an idea, you know? It's just, it's 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 true. I have like anything you think of is just an idea, but there's so much association with Batman. Like any new superhero, like Invincible in 2003 would have had a tough time fitting in, you know, low print run. It wasn't selling like a ton, but now like i think invincible and it's just like i'm flooded with these memories and these ideas of this awesome concept and i know i'll be it'll be the same with radiant black as time goes on like it's association and how powerful that is with an idea oh i definitely agree we know i remember reading i don't know if folks here have ever read marvel team up 14 where we see invincible team up with spider-man but you know one of the first things invincible tells spider-man is that like you know your name is kind of lazy. Like, you couldn't have thought of anything, really. Like, you're just spider and then man. Like, that's the best you could think of. And I thought that was funny, especially Gary Kirkman, because while Invincible isn't the most creative name, it certainly matches Mark, right? It makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like, names are important. And I like the process that Higgins has his characters go through to establish a an appropriate and, uh, you know, compelling name. 
Yeah, it's it's true. And even before that, I like how they have the cover of like they're talking loud. Like, well, you you know they're talking about the bank stuff like that. And it's like, oh, because people are here will hear you. He's like, oh, we just we'll, we'll just say we're talking about one of your ideas as a writer. And that's a great cover, and it could apply to like anything they talk about, really. Yeah, and you know it's funny that in this modern age, you know, back compared to like you know because they do bring up the fact that okay, he's like, wouldn't it be Black Radiant? And he's like, yeah, if you were a 1970s Marvel character, come on, man. Right after he tells them that, we see that Marshall's already registered Radiant Black on social. And I find that very intriguing because that seems to be a uh, reoccurring theme in the modern modern comic book writing. You know, we've recently seen in The Amazing Spider-Man run by Nick Spencer. Spider-Man's basically got an OnlyFans, <laughs> you know, where he's like <laughs> live streaming through his suit. And we've seen that uh, in this case, like, a lot of heroes are utilizing social media to their benefit. And I think that's a very interesting take on modern superheroes. Yeah, and I really dig what Marshall was saying. Like, look, social media is the single worst thing that ever happened to us, but it is a part of the fabric of our society. So if we're going to go show off these sweet threads, trying to keep a fabric metaphor going, yeah, yada, yada. It, it, it's a, it's true. It's like, it, it's not going away, social media, anytime soon. We're through the looking glass here. And as someone that runs three Twitter accounts, you got to find the good in it. And you got to, you know, find those pockets of people that are really great, like the people that enjoy the memes from the Chiltermites and fall in the radiant black and we have great conversations and it's not everybody at each other's throats like you have to make the change you want to see in social media really and you know these guys they have their radiant black twitter and it goes positively it's a great interaction and like a moment I love that wouldn't have happened without the social media tie-in definitely and you know right as he leaves the the video store we see that that self-doubt's beginning to manifest again. And we can see that Marshall's words really got to him. You know, Marshall's letting him know that he should take control of his story, of his narrative. And that's that's the last straw for Nathan because he ends up leaving and he's just like, what an asshole. You know, like if I could take control of my story, obviously I'd be, do, I'd be doing that. I wouldn't be on my fifth goddamn sentence. You know, that's what he's saying. And he just starts calling himself stupid. He begins to doubt himself. He begins to question why he even thinks that he could write something like that. And I feel like, whether you're a writer, whether you're something else, you know, there are moments where people just lack inspiration or lack, you know, motivation. And in this case, I don't think it's so much motivation. I think it's inspiration. And you could tell that it's beginning to manifest itself, that lack of inspiration through uh, through self-doubt. And that's not very healthy for Nathan. No, inspiration can come from a number of sources. And in this case, uh, it might come from the bottom of a glass. So, you know, Nathan then finds the bar that we saw in the uh, first issue there. And you were telling me that uh, Higgins was saying this is reminiscent of a bar that he used to go to in Illinois. Yeah, no, I've heard that in one of his interviews recently. I'm pretty sure in Invincible podcast, he said that he's actually written in that bar before. So <laughs> that's quite a cool little uh, Easter egg. Right? Yeah, yeah, Easter egg. Like awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, every time we're in this bar, I just find myself like, scoping the, the monitors the frames yeah. just looking for any sort of cameo you know any easter egg i just i love it i just gotta say i like nathan's hustle like you know earlier the last line while he's out there waiting he says says this is about grinding about doing the work you can still make headway today you just gotta head home and actually sit down and not get back up until it's solved simple done I wouldn't say it's so simple, but I would say I appreciate his hustle, his attitude. He's clearly, he's not backing down from a challenge. He really wants this. This is both about passion and fulfillment for him. It's not simply a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a couple times where he sets it up for himself. Like, it's not straightforward, but it's like, if you do this, point A to B to C, like, if you do this, you can do it. You know, if you can complete this today. You can make a big, get a big chunk of it. And before you know it, you might have a book finished. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so we see him go to the bar. We see him trying another approach where he's having himself a drink or two and he's trying to figure out what the book is. He's still trying to 
you know, dig, dig, dig and discover the identity of this book, see where the roots go to and try to make something more of it. And I, I, I appreciate the the effort. I appreciate the process because it really gives you an insight into how difficult writing is and can be, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm interested to see, like, how does the radiant black, like the, the black hole, how does it affect his body chemistry? Does it change the cells? Because you know, it will will drinking affect it differently? Will it will give him like if it can project stuff into his dreams? Because we get a you know a vision it appears within the next page, next couple of pages of potentially him in the future, right? It must uh, or a possible version of him in the oh, future. It, let's not jump to that, right? Let's bring up one small thing I get to that because that's a that's the biggest part of the issue. If you pay attention, there's a one panel as he's starting to slowly give up. He says this, he's, you know, there's a thought bubble and he says to himself, this was supposed to be small. It was just supposed to be a short story. And then you look above him and there's a television and on the television it says breaking. Flying circle guy takes to social media. Who is Radiant Black? So immediately we're already seeing the the effects of, you know, Marshall registering him for social media. It's already news. Yeah, word gets around quick with social media, especially. And yeah, the back, you know, it, it's just Nathan's talking, but the background, it, it's super relevant to what's going on. And, you know, it leads to the climax of this issue where, well, not, I'm maybe not the climax, but uh, my favorite scene later on with the scarf. And also, you know, it's really nice how it all ties together. There's no wasted space in this book. No, and uh, back to what you were saying earlier. He finally has a breakthrough when he says, or what he writes, Elizabeth Beckett did not or didn't recognize her life. And then he thinks to himself, yeah, this is this is good. Okay, wow, this is actually working. And this is where I begin to get a little confused. So we see uh, he glances onto the computer and the text is all, you know, radiant text. It's not in the language. It's not in English. And he hears a really loud whistle and the, suddenly the roof just erupts. There's a lot of blue energy and mm. someone starts talking to him in radiant language and we see someone standing above him looks exactly like radiant black but they have a cloak you know it's almost like an older more seasoned radiant black someone who's more in tune with their powers at least that's the impression i'm getting this radiant black doesn't look like an amateur this radiant black looks like he knows what's going on and you know nathan's terrified and we just see this radiant black just grab him fly him into the air and obviously nathan's confused he doesn't understand what's going on and he just asks him like what are you doing why who are you and this is where we get a very interesting point of of the story we see that the mask slowly the mask of this imposter slowly uh, lowering and we see that it's someone who looks exactly like nathan presumably even just nathan in the future with a beard and he says worth breathing yeah i'm something that you will never be nathan worth breathing yeah, he just drops him. And, you know, I'm very curious about this scene because what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, right? Like, this is clearly Nathan that's gone down a different path, whether maybe the power corrupts him or he lost something integral to who he is and just lost his way and became this guy. Like, the Nathan we know would not be telling anyone they're, they're not worth breathing. No. And his reaction says it all. He wakes up terrified. Like, it, it you know, gives you the impression or the idea that perhaps this was a dream. But he wakes up, you know, uh, laptop is all... And you know, all over the place, he's just screaming. He's asking, he's trying to figure out what time it is. And he looks at the laptop screen and he hasn't typed anything yet. And that's when you get it gets you thinking, was that just a radiant communicating to him, through him, showing him a vision? What, what, what the hell's going on? 
yeah, can the, you know, the black hole has it travel through time? We don't know. I don't think time affects this thing the same way it would affect us for sure. But like, who knows where it comes from, what dimension it came from, who sent it, you know, maybe someone's sending it to Nathan to teach him what he needs to be. Maybe this Nathan we saw got the radiant black suit at a different time, a different way, or a different kind of black hole. Who knows? There's so many questions. And that's part of why I like this. I'm a lost guy. So I'm still speculating 10 years after that show ended. So it's it gets the mind firing on all cylinders. A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm, I'm super intrigued by this. I read this issue two times and these were the panels where I focused the most because I was, I was trying to decipher what the hell was going on. And, you know, I still don't have any ideas. So if anyone out there has any ideas that they'd like to share with us, you could email us at radiantblackpodcast at gmail.com and, you know, we'll, we'll bring it up during the next episode. We'll, we, we, have, we take questions. Anyone want to send us anything? We'll be there to answer. But uh, yeah, we've, we've just been... And Matt and I, we've been talking about this moment for a while and we just don't know. We're so excited to see going forward what this is. And uh, I got to say, I'm not the biggest fan of cloaks all the time, but I really like that cloak on Radiant Black. So well done. Yeah, I mean, even Edna Mode would have to be pumped about that cape. It looks like <laughs> it's sweet, like it's flowing, it's badass. And like the suit looks pretty complete without it, but it is a, it is a nice cherry on top. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's a good way to make it seem like he's a more seasoned, like grizzly fighter who's uh, experienced. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, there's a ton of speculation going over there. And this is a nice, like, simpler moment where it, it I really love this interaction. It, it, it's great where, you know, we see this family that has a uh, flat tire on the side of the road and uh, they tweet out that they need help. No, who would think to do that, to tweet out for a superhero? And who would think that they would actually come and help? Yeah, and it's interesting to see. And this is a very honest, I felt realistic moment who tweeted out. And it, you know, it gives you. It just it made me feel of like how when we're kids we're innocent, you know, we <laughs> we look towards these solutions that might be the most reali- might not be the most realistic or plausible. But uh, to the to the joy of the family, Radiant Black shows up. Yeah, and I, a lot of this is aimed at people in their like early to mid twenties and stuff like that, and a little older. But this is something like for the kids, like hey, maybe you know this this new wave, the next generation, their ideas, you know, they might seem a little weird, but in this case, it saved the day and it got you home before tip off. So who knows? The reaction of the you know the family is also realistic. The father turns to him and he's just like, man, I tweeted at you. Or, wow, it does turn out that the, the, the dad tweeted at him. So my mistake, I tweeted at you and I thought you were like a cosplay vigilante, not like a real person. I thought you were a joke. And it's just like, yeah, sorry, I'm real, bud. And the first reaction from the mother is that she's just like, where's your coat, honey? Do you at least have a scarf? Are you cold? And I just thought that was a very wholesome moment. Like here he is trying to rescue them. And the first thought of the mother is to, to show concern for Nathan. Yeah, and when I and the suit is so like high tech, I would never even think to think about temperature. I'm like, no, he's got to be good. There's got to be something in there to keep him good. But I like that. That's like the motherly, like, oh, you got to be cold in there. Like, I, I like that. And you know, and it's just like the tweet from the dad to get him there. It's like it's like someone would sarcastically say like, oh, like you know, like Liam Neeson is like, oh, going home like, oh, next time send me an invite. Like you never think that it's gonna be a uh, you know an actual thing. And Nathan, he kind of needs like an escape for his mind is surely racing, going, oh my god, am I gonna turn into evil? You know, and it's like, no, I'm gonna show him good because you know or i'm gonna you know reinforce what i already know and go and help somebody and he this is the perfect timing he reads the tweet and here we are yeah and it's interesting because the first reaction we we see from the kid from this family is just he just asked nathan don't you literally have anything better to do right now and nathan <laughs> just looks at him and he's like would you believe me if i said no 
Yeah, no, this this was like an awesome this whole sequence and Nathan trying to uh, change the tire and he breaks the tire iron and stuff like that. <laughs> like it's it's super relatable. Like you know, even though he's super power, doesn't mean he you know these skills are super crucial in a lot of ways still. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. We see that he tries to you know use a wrench to fix the tire, but it doesn't work out well. He breaks the wrench, it snaps. He you know he the the, the father just barely manages to move him away from the car, just slipping back down to the ground. And the first reaction we see from the kid is like, how does a superhero not know how to change a tire? Yeah. And yeah, this is, my, this is one of my favorite panels. I got to give credit to Marcel Costa's incredible artwork. You know, he conveys a lot of emotions through the eyes, but you could tell this like, it's like almost like a snickery, like, you know, like leave me alone kind of response. Like, why do I have to be great at everything? You know, and it's just like, yeah, why? like Nathan's just like, wow, why do I have to be great at everything? Yeah. Tip off might be later, but this kid is dunking on Nathan. <laughs> it seems so like good. everybody, whether it's Marshall, whether it's the kid, like Nathan just gets dunked on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I really like this. I did get like a lot of cheeky Peter Parker vibes, which I love. You know the quips. You know the you know, the whips and the quips with Peter. But no, it's it was just it's just a, an awesome interaction. And then you know the next page we get you know the bow on top and the scarf around his neck as he's flying the car away. Uh, you know the bow on this gift that Higgins gave us in this issue. Like a lot of people will be turned off by how it's just focused on him writing, but there's so much character stuff and little moments that like I can't wait to see like in animated form. I know this show is gonna get a TV show. At at some point but it'd be nicely animated and just this mental image of him flying with the car is fantastic yeah it's a very wholesome moment it's a moment i really enjoy very down-to-earth grounded moment and it's interesting because first of all uh, it's a gorgeous splash page by marcelo costa seriously amazing artwork I, I i'm super into his artwork i'm always looking forward to more from him more issues and interesting that issue six they are changing the artist so i don't know if it's just going to be for the radiant red arc or if it's going to be for a while but i think I, it's like a guest spot or a short term i think Marcel yeah is yeah I, I hope so because he gives me a similar feel to at least their camaraderie and their you know their chemistry together it gives me a feel to the chemistry between ryan Otley and robert kirkman or Corey walker and, and robert kirkman it's you know there's a very good understanding between the two and they are they're doing something awesome with this with this ip so i really hope we see more of costa he's just awesome yeah no this this was a, a great capper it's not quite the end of the issue uh we go back and see nathan return home and he's just you know lying down and he's saying better luck next time so or uh so he says like so much for writing day better luck next time but it seems like he got a lot of inspiration anyway we there's a reason we posted the splash page on instagram when we were talking about uh, episode two of the podcast because we love this page we truly did we love this page we even like considered you know, like redrawing it in some form for the podcast artwork, which is coming soon because I love it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I spoke to my tattoo artist. We're incorporating it into my back piece. No, I don't sound like yeah. the kind of person. We both know. If there's ever a radiant black tattoo. action figure. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, as as Matt said, we uh, the next scene we see Nathan back back home, back sitting on the bed, and he's tired. You could tell he just collapses on the bed. You know, lights are off. Shoes are just <laughs> he takes the shoes off right next to his bed. Something I don't do personally, but uh, yeah, and we see him just dozing off. But right as he's about to fall asleep, he opens his eyes and he tells you know it's almost as if. The, the artwork is so good in this in this panel because it shows you you could understand exactly what he's thinking without even you know seeing any dialogue. It's clear that he he's he's telling himself that he has to get the work done. And I love that. 
or like that thought of like, oh, I've got this great idea. Let me write it down before it goes away. That's why he keeps the laptop so close. Like it's on the floor, like or just in case. Like here, let me open this up just so I have it. Like I have my phone next to my bed with the notes app ready whenever you know if I have a dream about something crazy, I need to remember it, or you know an idea springs to mind. Like that is a thing. It used to be, you know, you go back thirty years and it'd be a notepad by the bed, but now it's the laptop. And Nathan can't. You can't waste inspiration when it strikes, and he doesn't. He wakes up from a deep sleep and gets to writing. Yeah, and we see that he's beginning to hit inspiration. And the part that I really appreciate and I love the most is that he himself is the inspiration. He's inspiring himself through his own experiences. We see that the lines that lead him you know, onwards are Elizabeth Beckett had nowhere to go, so she moved back home. And as we've seen, you know, it's a microcosm of what's going on with Nathan, because that was basically the first two issues. We've seen that he hit a financial you know, low and that he had nowhere to go. So he moved back home. And I like that. I like how he's drawing from his own experiences. It is realistic because that's what writers do in real life. They draw upon their own experiences. You know, not always, of course, but there are writers who drop on their own experiences. And, it, you know, it brings for a very powerful story or a very, you know, realistic story, something that they could effectively convey using words. And I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, definitely. You know, this phrase is like, write what you know, and like Nathan's knowledge and these experiences are expanding. Like he wouldn't have changed this tire or he wouldn't have carried this car, but he wouldn't have met that family if it wasn't for the radiant black suit. So it's really cool to see where these stories can take you from. You know, it's not just taking pictures of yourself as Spider-Man, but it's like weaving a narrative based on your own, you know, personal experiences that no one could ever match. Yeah. And, you know, we see Mr. Burnett come to the room. He's knocking on the door, checking on his kid. He sees that Nathan's inside and, you know, Nathan lets him know, yeah, I'm actually making some progress. There's some headway here. And his dad's happy. He's like, that was certainly the objective. Do you want some breakfast? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then his dad lets him know that he's glad it was a productive day. And then we see Nathan say, me too. But as his dad closes the door and heads downstairs to make breakfast, it zooms in closer on his face. And we see Nathan on Nathan's face and we see him say this time. And I can't help but think, is that the insecurity clawing back at him? Is that what's happening here? Does he feel like he barely got through this day and maybe he doesn't know if he'll make it through the next one? That and he saw the vision of himself in the future, right? He doesn't know what a productive day is like for his future where he seems to be a lot more sinister. So maybe could be too productive in the future. But I think he's more focused on like, I, not every day gives me this kind of inspiration. What do I have to do to get inspired next time? That's a very good point you make. So maybe when he says this time, it's not, it's like a, it's an ambiguous this time. It's not just this time as in this, like, t- like, you know, today, it's also this mm. time as in this time zone or this time period, or, you know, this version of Nathan Burnett. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't even think of that when you, when you repeated that this time, no, it's true. Like this timeline, you know, or this multiverse, who knows black holes. We don't know what happens when you go inside a black hole. Could you go into another dimension? Can these, if these suits can withstand gravity, could you fly and fly back out of a black hole and expand, explore them? Who knows? And that's the end of this issue. And that's the end of our discussion, but we're now going to go into a spoilery discussion. what does that mean? It's not really spoilery. We're we basically, don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know shit, but we're going to talk about the first three issues. We're going to talk about, we're not going to talk about the first three issues in whole. We're going to talk about implications of the first three issues. We're going to talk about where we think it could be possible to go or what we would like to see or just whatever. You know, just, and just what we know from it. like previews, like we know issue yeah. six is going to follow, you know, you're in the spoiler section of like, oh, this is only information that's public knowledge. So if you want to yep. go look for yourself. So, so you if know, you don't want to know anything about future issues, I would stop now. Because we are going to talk about solicitation information of future issues. We're going to talk about the covers. We're going to talk about what Kyle's talked about future issues. So if you don't want to know anything, stop here. Uh, Where do you want to start? We know issue six is going to follow Radiant Red. So we're going to definitely get more on that character. 
Okay, let's start with issue four. Issue four is going to be a big issue. I don't know. I, I'm just looking at everything Higgins is saying. I've watched several interviews, you know, months ago, weeks ago, days ago. I've seen so many different interviews with Higgins trying to decipher, you know, what's what's coming next. And, and issue four, it seems like there's going to be a big all-out fight between Radiant Red and Radiant Black. At least that's my guess, right? Like that's where it looks like it's headed. But uh, we, you know, we've only scratched the surface of what these guys can do, right? We don't, we don't really know what they can do. So just curious, what is everyone expecting here? What do we, you know, we we know that there is gonna be a groundbreaking issue or you know an issue that's gonna change because it says right at the end next everything changes for real and you know we've we've heard Higgins say that like for real things are going to change this isn't like when comics always say it, but I, I honestly mean it this issue things are gonna be different what does that mean you know when we read Invincible we knew in, in issue 11 what that meant right we, moving forward there was gonna be a big tonal shift a big shift in the dynamic of the series itself because of the reveal which we're not going to spoil in case someone here has not read or seen invincible but uh if you know you know and in this case we know they're going to fight right we know radiant red radiant black that's inevitable they're going to fight each other but what's going to happen is he going to create like a black hole that sucks the whole city in is there going to be catastrophe are we going to see the robotic beings we get a you know we've seen uh, teaser pages from Higgins on his Black Market News on ImageComics.com. Uh, in the previews, you can see the preview pages for number four. And there's a page where we see the big being talking to Nathan. And he says, welcome to existence. And that's been also posted on Instagram, you know, mm. teasing issue four. So well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think Inferno Girl Red is coming in this story as well, right? <laughs> like the Kickstarter is that uh, Higgins is editing. I think that I mean, it's sooner rather than later that Inferno Girl Red will show up. And, you know, Radiant Red, I don't know there's a connection with that other than just the color. But I don't know. I feel like we're going to get her show, showing up soon. I feel like you're right. Even even if it's not now, even if it's not issue four or five, six, I definitely think she'll show up in the future. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah if, if for those of you who don't know, uh, Kyle Higgins, through his Black Market News, advertised that there's a Kickstarter for a new project, you know, part of his... A whole label that he's creating now and it he's edit, he's the editor of this new book called inferno girl red and uh i'm not sure who the creative team is i didn't look too much into it but uh, if you google it you can see for yourself the kickstarter ended a few days ago and uh, i was a bit too late because i didn't i didn't read about it to be completely honest but uh, i'm very excited to see what it's about moving forward because i, I kind of regret it because i think it would have been a nice little thing to you know fund and be a part of but when you were looking at the options for the kickstarter there were options. There were different tiers, obviously, as any of you who are familiar with Kickstarter, there's different tiers where they give you different rewards based on how much you'd like to contribute. And there was yep. one where they give you an art piece that had Radiant Black and Inferno Girl Red together. It's like a You print. can see that at the end yeah. of this issue in the, in the blackmail section. Exactly. That's a, Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even realize. Good point. Yeah, right. There it is. Kickstarter ending soon. Right there on the bottom left, you could see... Actually, there's two images, if I'm not mistaken. You could see one image where it's radiant black. They're all gorgeous. You see one image where it's radiant black and Inferno Girl Red. And another image where it's radiant black and Inferno Girl Red as well. And uh, yeah, so the Inferno Girl Red is by Erica Diorso and Matt Groom, for those interested. And there's a website, InfernoGirlRed.com. Please check it out if you're interested. Like, these could really be images Green Lanterns, right? Like, we can get, like, a whole universe, a whole sector of this kind of really cool sci-fi stuff. And I'm here for it. Yeah, as far as theories go for where I'm thinking we might go in issue four and beyond, I'm thinking, like... 
if this little black hole happened, I'm thinking there must be, like, I feel like there's a massive sun out there, like, bigger than our sun, which is even, like, the biggest thing in our solar system. I feel like there's got to be a sun out there that might have imploded, and maybe that made a black hole, and maybe some some of these mini black holes launched out of it or something. It had to be some cataclysmic cosmic event to start this, at least I think. Yeah, I know. I have no idea. That's actually a really good theory. You know, I'm looking at the first few pages of issue one, and it could be really anything. And that's the thing that uh, has me speculating. I see this giant robot figure on the second print of issue number one, and I just think maybe this guy has something to do with the origin of the power or something. You know, looking at that page they've solicited from issue number four, he seems to say, uh, welcome to existence to Nathan. So perhaps there's something there. Yeah, that definitely, you know, that could definitely be it. I mean, we could get into Prometheus territory with the engineers. I mean, and that could even be like a, we could get a fulfilling end to that if for all we know. I mean, it, there is some cool stuff in Prometheus, and I would like it if, you know, we incorporated some of the cool stuff from that into Radiant Black. But the more I think about it, the black hole really reminds me of like almost like the Green Lantern ring. Maybe it chooses someone worthy. Who knows? Maybe it's sentient and knows that Nathan has a good heart. Who knows? Yeah, and it, you know, there, people talk a lot about uh, blue shifting and red shifting, and perhaps that's why their powers come from. That's probably maybe why, or maybe why not, but who knows. But it's a cool explanation for why, you know, they leave a glowing tinge of their respective colors whenever they fight with uh, Radiant Red, leaving some hints of red coming off his suit and his powers, and then, you know, Radiant Black hit, uh, leaving some hints of blue. That's just like blue shifting and red shifting right there. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot of stuff that can be done with this property that like, we don't know. That's what's nice about talking about it so early is literally, uh, this. you know, I, I said earlier, this guy's limit, but le- there's endless possibilities in this series. And I mean, Kyle could just collect like the coolest concepts that he wants and incorporate them in any way. And he's got, you know, I mentioned he's got 25 issues planned, but this issue four, I think this is going to be, you know, one we're talking about years from now. And I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I'm looking also, you know, earlier we were talking about off-camera and you were saying that, you know, we haven't even considered or looked at any potential uh, love interests. So I'm reading the solicitation for Radiant Black number five right now, and it says, and I quote, the first arc of Radiant Black ends here. Radiant Red is still out there. He needs to be stopped before anyone else gets hurt. But after the events of last issue left Lockport and the world reeling, is Radiant Black up to the task and will he be in this fight alone? You know... That last sentence gives me a feeling that we might be in store for a new hero, maybe in vertical red, maybe someone completely different, whoever it is. I'm really excited for this issue, too. Yeah, definitely. Inferno Girl Red is definitely on the table for this. Uh, you know, she could easily show up. Who? Kn- I mean, we know Kyle's editing that book, as we've mentioned. So that's definitely on the table. He's mentioned that himself. It seems like something's going to happen to Lockport itself if it's going to change forever. I, I don't know if it's going to be like massive or, you know, it could disappear Oblivion style or who knows what could happen. It's uh, it's really interesting. And, you know, that's not super spoiler. It's just a solicit. So that's stuff that's available right now for the people who want to look for it. And it really leaves it super vague to the point that we can't pin down what's happening. So it's not really a spoiler. No, it's interesting. Like, you know, we do we do have the idea from teasing, from solicitation. We have some sort of idea that perhaps there's going to be an encounter between Radiant uh, Red and Radiant Black. Perhaps there's going to be some conflict, a showdown. But we don't really know what's going to result from this showdown. You know, could it change Lockport? Could some gra- anti-gravitational stuff happen? We don't know. It could be anything. And if we're super excited for what comes next. But if I could say something, that 125 variant by Diwali is spectacular. Seriously, amazing work. I'm, I'm going to be trying to grab this one day one. Yeah, I say that about all these covers. They're so fantastic, but this one's especially nice. And one thing that I do want to mention is, you know, uh, we've seen another series that 
aging on different planets is different depending on you know time just is slower depending on what kind of universe it is or where it is so this nathan that we saw from the future in this dream he could be even like he could be like 50 years older than our time if he doesn't look that much older so who knows how exactly how old this nathan is that we saw yeah that's a really good point like you know we did talk about that encounter earlier in this episode where he meets that older version of himself and you know maybe that has something to do with that you never know. I mean, it could be, you know, something like Arrival. Like, I don't want to spoil that movie, but, you know, you can send, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to. If you've seen Arrival, you probably know what I'm getting at. And that's a great sci-fi movie, actually. So I'm not even going to go further than that. But uh, Amy Adams kills it. I checked that out. There's so much stuff that we don't even know with aliens, like how they would communicate with us if they chose to. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Uh, you know, the solicit page that came before the Welcome to Existence page, that was just a page of him trying to communicate with these beings. And they're just speaking that radiant language that you know we don't seem to understand every time we're reading one of the issues so i'm really excited for developments there i'm hoping that you know similar to the krokoan language on uh, on the x-men books that we're gonna somehow be able to understand some of this language because it'd be interesting to see what they're saying for sure yeah exactly all the series needs is a more of a mctaggart now to really hook me but, uh... <laughs> oh no that's a very good point actually yeah i'm all for that yeah, if you haven't read the House of X or Powers of X, definitely check those out because like those those will get you and make you fall in love with the X Men again with that great little arc there. So, you know, I Radiant Black it's fresh. It's a it's a wide frontier. I mean, move over Star Trek. This is Star Trek. Move over Star Trek. This is the <laughs> move over Star Trek. This is the new frontier, really. I mean, the final frontier. I mean, like who knows? Yeah, that's a very good point, and I think you know moving forward. Like I said, the first three issues, we haven't seen any new characters. And I'm I'm hoping and I'm thinking that that's because Higgins has some really special introductions uh, in store for us. And, you know, we were talking about this really cool character that showed up in the trailer for a split second. Now, we have no idea what to refer to this character as. It's clearly not Radiant Red, but it looks like some sort of ninja character, almost in the vein of Power Rangers. The character has a katana and a, a pistol Looks super interesting, and we're excited to see that character hopefully debut soon. Yeah, uh, I, there's got to be some new big characters showing up for sure. We got Radiant Red. I mean, three issues. It took us two issues to get Radiant Red. So, Well, actually, no, it debuted at the end of the first one, so who really knows? Uh, yeah, and part of that is when we were introduced to Radiant Red, it was clear that he was the rival of Radiant Black. But uh, on that note, we haven't, you know, other than Marshall, we haven't really seen any allies. And we've only seen the cops that one, you know, one or two times. So uh, moving forward, I'm excited to see what else comes from those story threads. I'm looking for a moment where they look up in the sky and see even more cosmic stuff. And those cops are like, WTF, or like, I'm calling in sick today. I'm not dealing with this stuff. So <laughs> who knows? But no, I really like them. I hope those cops show up again for sure. Yeah, and you never know. It could be a coalition of planets thing, like we said. Yeah, and, you know, part of what we're excited for issue four, but me and Matt, we've been talking behind, you know, off, off behind the scenes, off uh, podcast. We've been talking about specifically Radiant Black's powers and... We know that he's associated with black holes. And, you know, physics, black holes are associated with a whole... There's a whole bunch of things black holes are supposedly associated with, whether it's time travel, whether it's, you know, the event horizon, what happens at the inside of a black hole, whether it's, you know, this or a time dilation or whatever. The, the point is that the, when there's black holes involved and gravity, things interesting things get to, tend to happen with reality, with time. And in this case, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who likes to think big, especially when it comes to cosmic titles. 
If you've read Invincible, you know that that series has taken so many risks from the introduction of characters like Angstrom Levy, who, if you know, you know, you know what he can do. And, you know, when you've and I'm only going to loosely bring up these things because, again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who doesn't know. But if you've ever heard about the Invincible War, you know that that's a, a very big kind of arc in invincible where a and not lot just an invincible like an image like there's a <laughs> lot image. of stuff yeah there's a lot of image characters that show up even if it's just briefly and i can't help but think is is kyle gonna be you know expanding that here are we gonna see a cosmic superhero like radiant black try to cross over with invincible with other characters i mean he is cosmic right he's he's all over the universe there is no reason to think that he can't do that it's just a matter of if and Personally, I'd like to hope that there is a possibility for that because if Savage Dragon can do it, and granted, you know, Savage Dragon is a very, it's a household title for Image, but if Savage Gra- Dragon could cross over with Invincible with all those other characters that spawn, I don't see why Radiant Black don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, yeah, I wrote down this quote from the uh, the interview that we've mentioned several times here where um, Higgins is talking about these other characters. He said, you know, Savage Dragon's out there, Spawn's out there, and Radiant Black's out there. I don't know, maybe there's some some other stuff that's going to be out there as well, like Infernal Girl Red. So, you know, that's what got me about <laughs> Infernal Girl Red. He literally just mentions Infernal Girl Red. So, you know, like, I don't know what more, you know, it's so foreshadowed right now that, like, whatever's shadowing me is about to fall and, like, collapse in on me. Like, it's de- <laughs> like we're definitely getting that, but... There's other characters out there, right? Like Spawn, Savage Dragon. So, oh, like, yeah, Spawn's building his own universe, as we mentioned last week. So, like, you know, he's read Invincible twice now. Like, he read it during quarantine. He says he's rereading it again. So, I don't know. If we see Alan, the alien, I'm just going to gush like crazy. But, like, oh, yeah. there's so many other things. And even, like, in Tech Jack and stuff like that, there can be a lot of nods. But I know he wants to create a universe that's his own. But, like, Image, they... Do what if it's a cool thing for the fans. You don't have to ask somebody else. You just ask the creator, like, "Hey, do you think I can do this? Do you think it'd be cool?" I mean, I'm sure it's a little more steps than that, but it's way more feasible in this world. There's way more freedom. And Kirkman did the forward for this book, you know, or the forward. It's like the he first part of Invincible. Yeah. yeah. So I I think that Kirkman would definitely give him the keys to the kingdom, and I know Higgins would nail writing a lot of these fantastic characters that Kirkman's given us. So I'm all for it. You know, the future's bright. You know, literally in a lot of ways, because this is based on light in a lot of ways. So who knows? The sky is the limit. Well, I mean, the sky. We're beyond the sky. Like I don't know what the limit is, really. <laughs> you know, I've talked about this before on the Invincible podcast and you know off podcast, but we've talked about how uh, on the Childrenites, our Invincible podcast. Sorry about that. Just to be clear, but we've talked about how. I personally think that with Invincible, with the TV show, with all this, you know, newfound uh, focus on Invincible, how big the properties become, I think that it's it was a beta to test an image superhero universe coming to TV or movies. And I think if Invincible is anything to go by, it's it's well received. People love it. I think it's very possible. And we've seen these superhero universes with Marvel, with DC, and Image has a very rich you know, it has a very rich a variety of superheroes that are amazing, that are very well respected, that are loved by fans, that have been around a long time. Granted, they haven't been around since the 60s, the 30s, the 40s, like DC and Marvel superheroes have been. But It's like, like 30 years and below. Yeah, like they've been here since the 90s, right? Since 92, we've had all these characters like Spawn, Savage Dragon. You, you can name more. You can be a Youngblood, right? You can get Grifter, who's now in DC, Wildcats, whatever. You could you could keep on coming with them, right? Some people like these more than others, of course. But my point is that there's a lot of, there's a rich cast of characters here. 
And yeah, I Hig- Higgins, if you can incorporate the pouch in this book, I'll love you forever. Like this, I'll get, <laughs> I'll, I'll get a radiant black tattoo if if the pouch shows up. Mark my words, folks, I will do it. But yeah, we see it. It's all about the writer, in my opinion, and the the, the risks they're willing to take. And we've seen that with this issue, uh, Higgins is a very intelligent writer who's willing to take these risks. No, like we haven't seen any writer really tackle the the issue of writer's block like this in in a superhero comic book, right? And we we've we've seen with Kirkman in his Invincible run that he was innovating so much. Like think of it this way: when you know Cecil Stedman did not appear for the first time in the Invincible series. Machine Head did not appear for the first time in the Invincible series. These characters appeared in other Kirkman titles prior to the release of Invincible. So we saw Kirkman pulling in from this, uh, may I even, like, might I even call it a Kirkman verse, where he's pulling in these characters that he's made in other books, like Cecil Stedman from Brit or, uh, Machine Head, I can't remember the book he's from, but it's not Invincible, but he brings the Machine Head from another book. He's bringing all these characters into Invincible, and we see this rich cast in Invincible, and that's why I've I've always said that Invincible itself feels like its own universe. It's big enough to where it does feel like its own thing. Like, you could have, like, you know, how DC has its own thing. Invincible has so many amazing characters. Granted, you know, it's nothing like Marvel, where you have all these iconic characters, but it does have so many awesome characters that people love. And if you're someone who's only seen the show, it's like we've we've just, you know, it's we're scratching the surface. It's not even close to how many amazing characters there are in this in this oh, yeah. mythos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, and I think we've just here, begun. Yeah, and I think here I can't see why Higgins can't stand upon that if if he wants to. He has he's building himself a wonderful cast with the Radiant team, right, with Radiant Black, Radiant Red, with the Burnettes. And I'm sure we're going to see more characters come, like, brought up in Verno Girl Red. So I hope... Are we going to get Tsunami Boy Blue? Who knows? (laughs) Uh, I wasn't ready for that. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's like, we we don't know. And that's the beauty of it. We don't even know what Nathan's powers are, right? We don't know. We're learning as background passengers every issue slowly what Radiant Black's powers are, what Radiant's Black... We're along in the driver car as we watch and see where he takes... Yeah, and I, I just think this is really exciting. It's endless possibilities. Like, I can't imagine... I only read Invincible a few months ago, and, and I kept telling friends to read it. And a lot of my friends who've read it, I keep, you know, we keep having this conversation that we can't believe it came out in 2003 because it was so innovative. It's almost like Final Fantasy VII, where, you know, Final Fantasy VII came out, like, what, in the 90s? And that game was so ahead of its time that it really did need a remake for it to be fully appreciated. It's because... like Back to the Future when Marty's playing the songs from in the past, uh, <laughs> from the future. Like, oh, you're not going to like this, but your kids will love it. You know, like, it, it's ahead of its time. It really is. And I'm hoping that, like, what Kirkman did for, you know, traditional superheroes and stuff like that, like the idea of, like, Superman and blah, 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 like, that he gave, like, a new angle on it. I'm hoping that's what we get with for, like, the Green Lantern, like, lore and mythos and stuff like that with with higgins who's like he's used to he's done the power rangers he's you know all that kind of stuff like really like i i'm so excited to see what he can do i i know he's got some really cool concepts he says in the interview that he's got up to issue 25 thought out so you know he's got he's got the roadmap and i'm just excited to see what he's got me too me too i couldn't have said it better myself and you know we're approaching over an hour here so we're gonna wrap it up but first of all we want to say, you know, if you're a fan of Radiant Black, if you're enjoying Radiant Black, please support it. Please support it. I'm sure, you know, most listeners are purchasing the comics, are, are reading them. Just support Buy it. digitally on Comixology yeah. at this time if you don't want to go to a shop. Uh, a lot of LCSs are doing delivery. There's definitely a lot of ways to get these books and make sure that you can still get them. Yeah, and if you're, if you're really into this, support, support it. Because the only way the 
you know, we're going to keep projects like these going is by supporting them. I, you know, me and Matt were talking about earlier off podcast where if Invincible were written in today's market and it garnered the same number as it did back then, I don't think it would have made it past 10 issues because it would have been canceled because that's how, you know, that's how some of the companies are right now. They want to see a specific target met and if they don't, they cancel it. But fortunately, when it comes to Radiant Black, and I'm so pleased to say this, you know, we've seen the articles where the first issues have sold out. Like we're already on the third print of Radiant Black and we're already on for number one and two and we're already on the second print for number three. I'm, I'm fairly certain if issue four is half as good as Higgins says it's going to be reprinted. So I just, I'm, I'm, my heart is full, you know, if, if, if I <laughs> yeah. love seeing, seeing this kind of support and I just hope it continues. I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're proud of Higgins. We really are. We're, we think he's done fantastic. We're proud of Costa and we just want more and we're fully supporting it. Yeah. Uh, Higgins is building a great community and uh, it's fantastic online, you know, follow him on Twitter and stuff like that. And, you know, check out our social medias. We're on Twitter at the Radiant Black Pod. Uh, if you want to see our Twitter, uh, Bash is running the Instagram. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Radiant Black podcast, and I did that just so you know when you type in Radiant Black, you'll see the in the universe account, the official image account, and then you'll see us right under, right? So if people are searching for Radiant Black, they'll find us, and I think that's a good way to uh, you know boost our 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 name. Yeah, our presence <laughs> out there. So yeah, follow him for Bash is doing a great job running the Instagram. Also, our our awesome theme is by uh, Moon Mist Music. That's three words. Check him out on YouTube because he he nailed it for a theme song. I love it. Yeah, and you know, as you as you you can obviously tell from our uh, conversations on this podcast, we're big big fans of Invincible. We love Invincible. We really love Invincible, and uh, it's partly what motivated us to check out this series was how how much it was you know related to Invincible. How in the solicits it says it was like Invincible. Even you know Kirkman's blurb was enough for me to hop on it, and I'm glad I did. And if y'all are ever looking for more Invincible content, check it us out at the children bites on instagram we have an invincible podcast we post some awesome memes matt's always you know just awesome with the the meme content top top notch super funny <laughs> i'm always amused when he's sharing ideas with me and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's good enough the walking out. dead follows us on instagram so they've liked a few more stuff somehow i got the walking dead official instead of like uh, something with the hashtag sneezes christ on it that's <laughs> you know that's a life accomplishment right there so yeah uh, new memes daily for um, you know uh, Invincible. It's definitely watch the season before you see the memes. Uh, but yeah, uh, check that out. And uh, if you like, check out the podcast too. If you want to see us talk more Invincible, uh, we're gonna be uh, recapping issue four. Should be out around the same time this episode drops. And uh, it's just a great time. Bash really has inspired me to dive into a lot of comics I never would have read. Like the comics industry should have him on retainer. I swear <laughs> because he does so much work getting you know getting these titles in front of my eyes. You ran too generous. But uh, yeah, please check out our socials. Please, if you want to reach out to us, email us at radiantblackpodcast at gmail.com. Anything right, you okay say. to read? No, you don't have to write okay to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you, no. you want to criticize we, us, criticize us. You want to you know, share some good news. You want to ask some questions. Anything you want, just send us an email. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's great. I love talking about this property. And I want to hear you guys' feedbacks on, on ways that we can improve uh, the show. Yeah, and when I'm moving forward, we're hoping, I wouldn't say as, as soon as the first five episodes, but I'm, I would say after that, we're hoping that we could get in touch with perhaps Kyle Higgins or Marcelo Costa and even have them on an episode. Who knows? Dream. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Stay, stay, stay tuned and we'll let you guys know because we really want that to happen, obviously. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our episode today. We're super excited uh, for the next episode, and we look forward to it. Stay radiant, everybody.